0: It's really nice to meet you. Good to meet you. Where are you based out of? You're in Bozeman?
1: I'm in Missoula.
0: Missoula. Very yeah. cool. I haven't been out west very much, but one of my best friends here in Nashville spends the summer usually out in Montana. Nice. So maybe maybe this is my summer to join her.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Summers in Montana are the best.
0: That's what I hear. I'm from New York originally, and it's similar, um definitely buggier, but Yeah. You know, Nashville is just, it's like the inside of someone's sock in the summertime. (laughs) It's like hard to breathe. Sure. You know, so I I definitely, I crave those mild summers, but yeah, it's really, really cool to have you. Thank you. I'm stoked. All right. Well, we've got Ken Fickler today on the Frontier Podcast. Ken, you're the founder and CEO of Gaze. We
1: believe that every driver on the road and every worker in a safety critical position should be sober. That's just common sense. And that's why we built Gaze, a scientifically proven tool for detecting impairment from cannabis and other substances. It's a non-invasive, automated rapid test that measures eye movement using the same tests that have been used by drug recognition expert police officers for decades.
0: But at a high level, Gaze is the first real-time test for impairment from cannabis and other drugs. And on my notes, I see that Ken lives in Bozeman, but I know that Ken is actually in Missoula right now. Um, And previous to this, before founding Gaze, you were the chief business development officer in the cabinet of Governor Steve Bullock's administration, Yep. um, which is, I I love a career change story. So it's not on (laughs) our agenda today, but we might have to talk about that. Yeah, definitely. And, And you founded Gaze in 2021, right?
1: Correct. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, let's start with just, you know, what is Gaze? What, what is it that you've built?
1: Sure. So Gaze is a real-time impairment screening device that's based on eye movement. Um, so we run a series of eye movement tests and we analyze those on um, using machine learning and statistical models to understand whether or not the eye movement that we've recorded is capturing or is displaying the signs and symptoms of impairment that we know look for.
0: That's the most, I can tell that you've practiced your elevator pitch.
1: (laughs) Thanks.
0: Okay. So moving from obviously politics into A, being a founder of anything, but B, specifically the founder of this um, is quite a move. So I'd love to hear, you know, what, what was the impetus for that move? Kind of what, what inspired you to, to build Gaze?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd been in private industry for most of my career. And so the first real weird career transition I did was from private sector to government. Mm. So I was recruited to come be the director of economic development for the state of Montana by Governor Steve Bullock. And uh, that looked like a really interesting opportunity. So I decided that I should do that. And it kind of seemed like a once in a lifetime thing. um, And it was amazing and very rewarding and um, fun and challenging and all that. And so while I was in that job, I really got exposed to the problem that we've now solved, which was Montana was a medical cannabis only state at the time. I thought it was probably going to become a recreational state, which has since come to pass. And so I was trying to understand what was going to happen if this took place. And so I was talking with counterparts in states that had already legalized. Um, I was talking with business owners and law enforcement officials and legislators in the state of Montana, trying to understand what the impacts in the state would be. And it all sounded, you know, pretty good overall. Like there's a lot of tax revenue available here. It makes a lot of sense if like alcohol is going to be legal for cannabis to probably also be legal. Uh, But what kept rising to the surface was this issue of no device that was available to check for impairment. Mm. And so that struck me as, you know, both a really important safety challenge and something that, you know, ultimately would risk the entire legalization effort if things were to go poorly or go sideways, or there are big safety incidents. And then lastly, it was a huge you know, economic opportunity, a big business opportunity. Um, so my job was over when um, our governor was termed out. And so this was by far the most interesting problem that I had seen and uh, thought I would jump in and tackle it.
0: That says a lot because I know, obviously, working in government, there's a lot of problems that probably come across your desk. Oh, yeah. So the fact that this is kind of the most exciting says a lot. It's been over a decade since the first state's legalized recreational cannabis use. And obviously, during that time, there's been a lot of changes to, I mean, just the number of states that have followed suit, but also the way like the the impairment testing landscape. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'd love to hear your take as someone who's kind of been in it. What have those changes looked like?
1: Yeah, I mean, so when the first state started legalizing medical cannabis about a decade ago, as you mentioned, um, it didn't look like a huge issue. You know, it was confined to a relatively small number of people, relatively small number of states. And so as legalization has proceeded, it's really um, started to become a bigger and bigger issue where you've had, Mm. you know, recreational access, people are consuming cannabis um, less and less responsibly, the social stigma is declining, and so usage rates are increasing. Of course, the potency of cannabis has also increased. And so it's, an incredibly impairing substance. Um, and it's, it's very, very different than how alcohol works. It's very challenging to understand how impaired someone is using traditional means. And so mm-hmm. the tests that we're using are the same ones that law enforcement, drug recognition expert officers have used for about 45 years. So those are the track my finger tests that you've probably seen on TV. Mm-hmm. And what they're looking for are these um, very subtle eye movement changes that happen as a result of impairment. Uh, so it struck me that these tests were, um, better performed by a robot than a human. (laughs) And, and so, um, I thought, okay, well, if we could do that, is there a way that we could also analyze the data that we could capture? Um, and, and the answer to that was yes. And so that's really what we've built. And so the evolution of, of detecting cannabis impairment has started from, you know, there's no, no device at all to now there's, um. A couple devices that are sort of trying to be impairment detection devices. I think we've nailed it. I think the other ones probably haven't as much. Um, And I, you know, we're we're also the first on the market with something that is scientifically validated and um, appears to be extremely accurate.
0: So many, so many, just like like nodes within what you just said that (laughs) is fascinating. I mean. First of all, I appreciate um, I appreciate your confidence that the only time I've seen an impairment test is on TV, and that I've never had one myself. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Um, it is true, but um, you know, I'm glad that that's the vibe I give off. But um, the, <laughs> you know, it, it's also fascinating that until feasibly until gays, right? The the humans were we were relying on humans and their ability to really like process data to make a determination for, I mean, this kind of like massive safety concern. And it's uh, so and that's just incredible. Hard.
1: to me. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and there's, you know, there's human error, there's subjectivity, there's, you know, poor sort of testing conditions. And that, you know, there's just innumerable ways that this can go wrong if a human is doing it. So by eliminating all those, we think, you know, there's an enormous amount of accuracy to be gained.
0: And I think it's also important to note that, you know, safe consumption is at the core of really what you're doing here. Right. Yeah. Like, how can how can we how can we pursue legalization um, while maintaining safe, like public safety and also just safety of the the person using
1: exactly. the
0: substance? Um, and you're so right. I mean, you know, alcohol is one thing, the, the most diluted we can get with or not diluted the opposite of diluted (laughs) the most potent we can get with alcohol is still you know it's easy to measure how much Mm -hmm. you've taken and the same is not true with with marijuana products so it really is you know it's a it's a huge problem space i'm curious how you see what you've built at gaze translating into other impairment areas beyond legalized marijuana as your company grows
1: yeah, it's an incredibly important point. Um, so the tests that we're using are have been shown to be sensitive to impairment from every class of substance. Um, so any any kind of drug you can consume has a unique biosignature that can be found in eye movement, typically. Hmm. So what we're doing, we started with cannabis. We conducted the world's largest clinical trial that's ever been done on cannabis impairment, and we are now moving from cannabis into other drugs. So we've already captured some alcohol data. We're capturing ketamine data. Uh, we're going to go on down the line and capture data from additional substances. And over time, the product will become much, much better and able to get down to, we think, um, very pinpoint accuracy with most substances. There are some that I think mm. are going to be very challenging. So for example, inhalants is a category that is so broad that um, it's very difficult to, I think, classify the impairment that we're going to see as an inhalant-related impairment. It'll look like impairment, but we're not going to probably be able to say this is, you know, an air duster or, uh, you know, paint or whatever. I mm-hmm. there there are some things that are just going to ultimately be confounding. I think to any test, but the vision really for gaze is to be a a single platform that can detect impairment from any class of drug, and so that's really the world that we're moving towards.
0: That's fascinating, and I imagine for users who are not you. Technology companies who sell to other technology companies, usually the sale is a little bit easier because we're in a constant iterative state and we kind of move at the same pace. But technologies that are selling into industries that are not kind of your, your typical technology buyer, law enforcement, you know, yep. to be to be blunt here, like I think the the value of having a single flat platform really cannot be overstated here.
1: Absolutely, and you know, law enforcement has a long, sort of notoriously long and challenging sales cycle, but it's also an incredibly sticky customer. So right. we think that that market has incredible potential. And on the other side, you know, there's businesses. Any business that has um, safety-sensitive employees is certainly something that we're interested in tackling. So we're actually finding our first customers in the commercial space. Oh, wow! Um, in industries like construction and manufacturing, oil and gas you know, the the kind of situations where if you're showing up to work high, you could kill the guy next to you. And, and, um, cannabis impairment is something that, um, has never been really detectable by businesses. You know, of course, law enforcement have these officers that are specially trained businesses don't have anything like that. And so the, the response has been, well, let's just ban all THC. Well, now THC is a legal substance in many states. And so you can't simply say, well, we're going to ban you from using a legal substance. Mm -hmm. And so the need for detecting active impairment from cannabis is incredibly important and uh, getting more so every day. So our customers um, in the commercial side are, are really excited to finally have some way to allow their employees to live their life on the weekend, but also come to work and be verifiably sober.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned Gaze conducted the largest, you know, to date, the largest clinical trial yeah. on um, on cannabis impairment. Not many founders can say that they had that experience. So I'd love to hear anything from that experience that really kind of has stuck with you. Yeah.
1: I mean, that was my first clinical trial too. And um, <laughs> the, the science in the space is incredibly nascent. And so um, we didn't set out to have the largest clinical trial ever. It just sort of happened that way. We needed a certain amount of data and and that number of participants was the largest to ever have participated in any single trial. Wow. Um, So we had 350 participants. We brought them in sober, theoretically. We actually found some that were not sober when they came in. Uh, We we measured their eye movement in a sober state and then we got them high using recreationally available cannabis. We did this in uh, Canada. And then we captured eye movement readings four additional times. And so we have a really clear picture of what it looks like to go from sober to impaired and what the impairment cycle sort of looks like.
0: That's fascinating. Um, It reminds me, I think if you, if you were to ask my partner what the best day of his life was and not give him any context, he would say (laughs) it was when he, he was living in Denver. I mean, like a decade ago and the police department paid him to come in for a day And just get super high so they can kind of see the effects of like different (laughs) levels of of cannabis. And, you know, I mean, that's that's an example of like what a what a really profound need there is for something like gaze. Absolutely. You know, the the best they could do is just get my partner super high and be like, look, this is a high person. Watch out for this. Like, that's incredible. And what an incredible pace of innovation led by led by you and your team.
1: Uh, That's called a green lab. Those law enforcement um, trials (laughs) where they get somebody high and they try to figure out, you know, who's high. And and those are happening all over the country. We're actually participating in several, one including um, coming up this Saturday. Oh my gosh. If you need a participant,
0: call my boyfriend. Yeah,
1: perfect. (laughs) These are, you know, valuable training tools, but it's also, um, I think, really illustrative to law enforcement officers how difficult it is to discover cannabis impairment. Like, frankly, their accuracy is just not that great. Mm-hmm. So it it's a very subtle substance, much much more so than alcohol. Uh and the kind of very fine-grained highly focused attention to detail you have to have to be accurate is very difficult. Right. So there's a need for a technology device whether that's a gaze or, you know, something else to to solve this problem, I think.
0: Yeah. So we we think a lot about team building obviously just by the nature of of what we do here at gun.io. Yeah. And we talk to dozens of founders, dozens of technology leaders every day who are coming to us to hire developers. And everyone's got a unique situation, right? And it's difficult in its own regard. But I when I think about the hiring situation at Gaze, you are it's a combination of AI, eye movement tracking, scientific research, which we just talked about, and right. of course product development. And all of that's required in like an expert expert level, right? To create something like Gaze. Um, So I'm curious about what the process of building your team
1: looked like. It was challenging. I mean, it's been challenging. It still is challenging. Uh, You know, finding, I think, one, the people that can do the work, of course, is a challenge in and of itself. But then I'm also a big believer in passion and, and interest in the subject matter. And so finding that then second level of, okay, you can do the work, but you also care about doing the work, um, Mm, has, has really been difficult. I mean, it took me a long time to hire my CTO Many months. Um, and then hiring our sales team took several months. Um, hiring our developers has been challenging. It's, you know, it's a fairly niche area. There's not that many developers that have worked on the sort of, um, tech stack that we're using. And we've got, um, we've got a web app, we've got a mobile app, we've got AI, we've got, um, the, you know various connections that we've got the VR application, we've got all the various connections that have to happen oh my between God. them. So I do not even
0: think about VR.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a reasonably complex product actually, and yeah. Um, yeah, so finding the right team members has been challenging and it remains that way. But I'm I'm really proud of the team we have. I think we've we've assembled a group that's done an incredible job on on you know ultimately pretty limited resources. So very proud yeah. of what we've built and and who we've got doing the work.
0: That's awesome. And what, you know, what a testament to, to passion because, you know, in my mind, the, the largest hurdle here is expertise and technical ability. Um, and the fact that right off the bat, you're like, actually it's been, you know, passion is really the the strongest indicator for who does well here. And that's what we screen for. I think that just says a lot about how you build products and build your team. So kudos to you. Thanks. Well, Ken, this has been fascinating. This is very far outside of any industry I've worked in before. Um, folks wanna get in touch with you, learn more about Gaze, where should they go? Yeah,
1: our website is gaze, G-A-I-Z-E dot A-I, um, And my email is ken at gaze.ai. Um, so we're available there. Yeah, I'd love to connect with anyone.
0: Perfect. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast powered by Gun.io. We drop two episodes per week. So if you like this episode, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice and come hang out with us again next week and bring all your internet friends. If you have questions or recommendations, just shoot us a Twitter DM at the Frontier Pod and we'll see you next week.